Well, today we're going to talk about the rhythms of grace. Rhythms of grace. Grace is a subject in the Word of God. It's all through God's Word, but especially when we get into the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, was the Apostle that Jesus personally gave the revelation to the Apostle Paul concerning the grace of God. Uh, in the Bible, uh, I don't know how familiar you may be with the Bible or not familiar with it. It really doesn't make any difference this morning. Uh, but it is divided into what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament or Old Covenant and New Covenant. Old Covenant's primarily under the law of Moses. And then the New Testament it talks about being under grace. We're no longer under law, but we're now under grace. And in Romans 4... Uh, Romans 6 and verse 14 tells us that sin should no longer, sin no longer has dominion over us because we are no longer under the law, but we are now under grace. John said of Jesus that, uh, that the law in John chapter 1 verse 17, that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be talking about the grace of God. It's a word, a term that's very familiar, but it's also a, 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 uh, a commodity of God that's, uh, even though the term is familiar, we're not nearly as developed in it as we ought to be. And no matter what level we are developed in it, there's still more room to grow in our understanding of the grace of God. As the apostle Peter said when he closed out his second letter to the church, he said, grow continue to grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So whether this is brand new to you today or you've been a student of the Word for some years, I believe that the Holy Spirit has something in store for you today to challenge you to, to continue to grow in the grace of Almighty God. Well, I'm going to begin by opening up with the, the Scripture reading from Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. And this is Jesus inviting the people to come to him. And in, in the New Living Translation, it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So he talks about, uh, he has some key words in there about uh, if you're weary, if, you're, if your burdens are heavy, Jesus is promising us rest, and he's also saying that, that his yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that he gives us is light. And so we want to focus in on that today and just really think about what the invitation is there from Jesus because he's really inviting people that are, that are you know, it's, it's really saying, come to me, come to me and learn of me. Let me read this to you from the, from the Message Bible. I don't know if they'll have that on the screen or not, but I think we're going to try and get it up there. But uh, the same scripture from, from the Message Translation. It's a paraphrased translation by uh, Eugene Peterson, but I'll go ahead and read it to you. It begins like this. In Matthew 11, verse 28, it says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? And you don't have to be afraid to say, indeed, indeed, indeed. You can be absolutely honest about that. You can say, are you tired? 
Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? I can tell you as being a pastor for uh, a few years, a few decades, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, there's been different seasons in my life where, say, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? I remember it's, uh, I think it's right before we built the building here. We were still in the old uh, building down at, uh, on Lancaster Avenue, the, the former Shillington Movie Theater. We were still in that particular building. And I remember one year I made a commitment. I, just, I, I think it was the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're not to attend any pastoral leadership conferences this year because I was burned out, worn out from attending at that particular time the, the different leadership conferences were very frequent and many different ministries had them annually, especially the, you know, the mega churches, they had the annual church growth conferences. Leadership conference, how to grow your church, how to do this and how to expand and, and, and all these different things. I just remember being uh, one time just thinking, you know what? I'm burned out on all these uh, how to grow your church and how, you know, how to do this and how to do that and all these different leadership things. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, just take a break. Come to me. Learn from me. You're not reading any leadership books this year. All I want you to do this year is read the Bible. I thought, what? How can I be successful as a pastor if all I do is read the Bible? <laughs> How's that going to work? <laughs> But it's a pretty novel idea. You know, it's really it's Jesus speaking to my heart, saying, no, Pastor Ray, you're looking for this. You're looking for an answer here. You're looking for solutions over here. You're looking for some key steps, some key ingredients over here. You're looking for ways to, you know, to, to grow, to expand, and so forth. And a, and a lot of that's for your own ego. It's not necessarily you're not thinking about the best interests of the kingdom of God. You're thinking about yourself. Because, you know, every year when I fill out my ministerial report to renew my credentials, I have to put on the church. How many people attend your church? So what's that matter? One year I put in there like 3,000. <laughs> Just to see if the hierarchy would contact me and congratulate me. I never heard a peep. <laughs> never heard a peep from them. I thought, so you really care, right? <laughs> I think that was right before I decided I'm not going to anything anymore. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I'm just going to read the Bible. I'm just going to trust God, and I'm going to relax in the grace of God. Grace has always been very precious to me. It's a revelation that I, I received, to, the, the initial revelation I received in it and, and coming into the fullness of the Spirit of God and just really becoming uh, passionate about God and God's Word. A lot of that, I attribute that to having a revelation of the grace of God because I would, you know, from my personal experience in growing up, I was not unfamiliar with, with religion, but I would, I would say I was exposed to a very stringent, very legalistic, uh, very much uh, rules of do's and don'ts and abs abstain from this and abstain from that. And, you know, this is how you dress. This is how you talk. This is where you go. This is where you don't go, that type of thing. And, and uh, some of it's good. Some of it is not all that uh, such a bad idea. One of their main things, one of the big things that for me at that particular time was I shall not have television. Television, and I thought, I want television because you told me I shouldn't have one. Now I have one, I don't really want it anymore. <laughs> the older I get, the more I think they may have been onto something. They may have been onto something. But anyway, that's a, that's a little side note. So back to uh, uh, what Jesus, Jesus' invitation from the Message Bible Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? 
And this is addressed to a people that are weary and heavy laden with law, with traditions, all kinds of church tradition, religious traditions, that type of thing that are not really in compliance with the word of God. And so Jesus' invitation goes on, says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Would you just like to get your life back? This is about the time of the year where a lot of moms are saying, you know, I can't wait for school to start. I want to get my life back. Any moms in here ever said that? Is my mom the only one that said that? You have to remember, my mom has 16 of us, so she may have been more looking forward to school than you all. But I just want to get my life back. And so he says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Does that sound good? A real rest? Anybody here would like a real rest? Instead of going on vacation and coming back more tired? Than what, you were before, than what you were before you went on vacation. So Jesus wants to show us how to have a real rest. He's inviting us, goes on, says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. The title of the message is Rhythms of Grace. Then he promises, he says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. To learn freely, to live freely and lightly. Rhythm is defined as movement characterized by regular, by regular occurrence of a beat, a pattern in music. So the idea of a getting into a rhythm in grace, I'm sure you've, you've already experienced it. You get into, a, uh, sometimes we use the word, uh, especially among athletes, when you're, when you're watching a professional sports game or something, you say, they, you know, they're, they're really in the zone. You know, they're really in the zone. Everything's just, it's just flowing. They're just all flowing together. They're in, a, we used to use the term back in the hippie days, you know, they're in the groove. You know, the word groovy, and you, you know, it's like they're in, in the groove. And so when you're in rhythm, rhythm is a pattern of music. And so the idea of, of uh, learning the unforced rhythms of grace is that in life, we can get into a grace zone, into a rhythm of grace where we are experiencing the grace of God in every area of our lives. And, and life is flowing and we are experiencing the being yoked up with Jesus. And he's not putting anything that's ill-fitting on us or anything that is, that is too heavy for us. He knows who we are. He has gifted us. He knows our frame. And he's the one that has called us and, and, he, and, and gifted us and, and deposited the talents within us. And so he just wants us to continue to cooperate with him and to stay in rhythm with him. Keep company with Jesus and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So that rhythm, a, a movement characterized by regular, re, regular recurrence of beat, a pattern in music, then grace is defined as God's ability. God's ability and favor given to you, equipping you and empowering you to overcome adversity as well as any of sin's temptations. And so we want to just, uh, I want you to open up your heart, your mind to the idea of life, the rhythm of life could be a whole lot smoother, rhythmic than what I'm experiencing right now.
Too many times it gets, it gets off beat. The cadence gets lost. And I, and I just need to, I, I need to just connect with God, yoke up again with Jesus, get back in cadence, get back into a rhythm with Jesus. And I just want to give you a couple signs just to help stimulate your brain, your mind, uh, in the idea, well, perhaps I'm not doing as well in the grace of God as what I, I think I'm doing, because our, our, our mind, our, our humanity, many times gets in the way of receiving God's grace to the fullness. And, and, and uh, pride gets in the way. Just what, multiple things can get in the way of, of grace flowing freely because uh, it's not something we have been programmed in the way we, we need to be. So just a couple signs that you're not flowing in the, in the rhythm of grace or you're not in cadence with God. Uh, I'll, I'll begin with uh, you know, some of these. I'm giving these from my own personal experience, but it's a, when I'm feeling a frustration that what I believe that what I believe really isn't working. Now, I can look at you this morning and say, I can just, you all look very sharp, very bright, very beautiful people. And I, I'm sure this may not apply to anyone in here but me, but sometimes there's things I believe, there's things in, in God's word, there's promises in God's word. And you, and you would ask me, do you believe that, Pastor Ray? And I would say, yes, I believe that. But you could follow up with that and say, is it working? And then I would have to be honest and say, uh, I haven't experienced it yet. And that can be frustrating. That can be frustrating. But the Bible does say it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. So I come back to, well, I need to be patient. I need to be patient. And I, I keep telling myself, well, you need to be patient. You need to be patient. But within that, there's a level and a degree of frustration. If God promised it, why am I not walking in it? That could be a promise of God supplying all of your need. That could be the promise of by his stripes, you were, past tense, you were healed. That could be the promise of God saying, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, and my, and my peace will always be with you. But you, that you're, not, you're, you're not feeling peace, you're feeling anxious. And so that's one of the signs of uh, not being in, 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 in the rhythm of grace, being out of cadence with what God has for us. Another one would be when I'm feeling, uh, uh, when I have that feeling of being entangled in a web of formulas and rules and opinions of others. That's what I shared with you earlier about the idea of the, the annual church leadership conference, church growth conference. You know, because they, they, they give you these five-step formulas or three-step formulas or ten-step formulas that if you'll do, if, if you'll follow these steps, this will be the outcome, the cause and effect. Well, in the natural world, there is cause and effect. When it comes to the grace of God, there's only effect. You don't do anything to cause it. You just receive it. That was worth coming out for this morning right there. When it comes to the grace of God, it's only effect, and it's God who is rich in mercy and in his great love and in his grace just showering his love out for you, promising that if we'll yoke up with him, if we'll learn with him, that he won't put anything ill-fitting or too heavy on us. So the feeling of being entangled in a web of formulas, rules, and opinions of others are you bowed down? Are you afraid to do things? Are you afraid to receive things? Are you afraid to express things because of the opinions of other people? 
Or are you free to accept freely what God has given to you? I shared it here. I shared it a few years ago, but it's been a number of years ago, probably three or four years ago, I received a BMW, a 2016 BMW. And I remember I was going to have lunch with someone and I, I, that was new to the church, and I didn't know what this person's opinion was of pastors driving BMWs. And so I went to the restaurant and I parked around the back. And I walked in and had lunch with the gentleman, and we met and became, you know, got acquainted with one another. And afterwards, we're walking out, and I watched him walk to his car, and he had a BMW. BMW. Behold my wagon. <laughs> but see, I was afraid to enjoy because of, of afraid of what someone else's opinion might be of it. And then when other people would comment on my BMW, I'd say, well, I'd make sure I'd tell them I didn't buy it. I, it was gifted to me. <laughs> it's like, well, was that important? Why can't I just say thank you very much? I really enjoy it. But I, 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 was, I, I had a religious fear of what people would think about it. And then when I was leaving the parking lot day, I, I, you know, when I talk about hearing the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about an audible voice, but in, in my conscience, in my heart, I heard that it's okay. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. So there's things God wants to give you, and, and, and just enjoy it. Amen. Just enjoy the goodness of God. Enjoy the favor of God. Enjoy the blessings of God on your life. Enjoy the grace and favor that he has given to you, that he's put upon you. Don't hold back because of religious ideas and, and so forth. Don't, don't be afraid of it. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. You know, when we give something good to our children, we don't want them to be timid about it and say, well, you know, I don't want anybody to know that my parents gave this to me. No, we want them to be happy. We want them to celebrate it and want them to enjoy it. So God wants you to enjoy. So when you're not, uh, when, you're, uh, when, you, when you feel like you're being trapped or held back by the opinions of others or formulas and rules, that's, that's a sure sign that you're not experiencing the fullness of the grace of God. Another one that I would say is that when I'm searching, when my search for truth gets lost among the, among the do's and don'ts of legalism, I'm searching for truth, but I really quickly, I can get, I can caught up in the trap of reading someone else's book or hearing someone else, what someone else had to say. And it, it may be legalism and, and it may be do's and don'ts and get caught up in that. The grace, the grace of God is on you to and to draw you close to God and to bring you into a place where you are free to enjoy the blessings of God and you're no longer bogged down by legalism, legalism. And then, of course, the fourth one I want to give to you is that when, when, you, when you're experiencing, when you're experiencing the, the sin's dominion in whatever area of life, whatever strongholds in, in your life that you just can't seem to, to, to get the victory over. Uh, the Bible explicitly tells us, I, I quoted it a while ago in Romans 6 and verse 14, that we're no longer under law, we're no longer under legalism. Sin no longer has dominion over you, for you're no longer under sin's dominion. You are now under the law of God's grace. 
And so until we are free of uh, just a few of these that I shared with you, there, there's many others that you could uh, think about as well. I just share that with you to, to prod you to open up your hearts and, 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 and to say, yes, I really could open up and experience a whole lot more of God's grace and a great, much greater measure than what I am experiencing at this moment. And going forward in life, I want to be freer. I want to be happier. I want to be enjoying my life as a child of God who has been forgiven of all my sin. I have the promise of eternal life because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And, and you know, I just happen to believe that God wants us to be happy about that. Amen. I think it's okay to be happy about that and, and to celebrate the fact that we know that we have an eternity with our Heavenly Father, with our Creator, with our Creator. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, as, uh, <clears throat> let me go ahead and turn to that and read that Romans the fifth chapter. Romans chapter 5 and 6, which is, I would recommend you, you, you read those chapters five and six, and just and be thinking about the grace of God, just some of the introductory comments I made today, but it's just very, very powerful about what was the result of the first Adam, and then the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, and as a result of the first Adam and their sin in the garden, sin came upon all men, but as a result of Jesus Christ, we have grace, we have an abundance of grace. And so in verse 20 of Romans chapter 5, this God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Everyone say more abundant. Say it again. Say more abundant. Now what became more abundant? Grace. Do you find yourself talking in conversation about grace being more and more abundant in this hour that we're living? Or do you find, and do you, do you find that other people around you are talking about the abundance of God's grace in this time that we're living? Do you hear the media talking about the more and more grace that's abounding in these times that we're living? Or do you primarily hear people talking about how sin is becoming more and more rampant? It's becoming darker and darker. The days are more confusing. There, there's more chaos than ever before. We must be approaching the end times. I don't know how we're going to make it. It's just terrible. Yeah, which one are you hearing? The latter? That's why we need to get back into the rhythm, unforced rhythm of God's grace. I'm not here to deny anything that's going on in our culture, in our government, in our world, in our families. I'm not here to deny any of our weaknesses, any of our shortcomings, but if that's all we can talk about, is that all we can get together and talk about and, and, and gloom and doom on our government, gloom and doom on our culture, just everything just being, being negative, negative, negative? Yes, that is going on. It says when people are sinning more and more. The King James says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound, much more abound. And so it's the, the picture here is, is that you, you envision a river. 
You know, that the banks of the river keep the, keep the water in the river and, and channeled in a certain direction. Well, during flood stage, during, and during an abundance, the idea is that sin, where sin is abounding, things, you know, the, the river keeps rising and things keep getting worse and the, 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 the devastating effect of it keeps reaching further. But, it says, where that is taking place, God's grace does much more, or God's grace super abounds. Super abounds. So whenever you find yourself hearing or seeing things that are discouraging, that are, that are less than exciting, and, and just like want to put a wet blanket on your dreams for tomorrow, always remind yourself quickly, bring it to your attention, yes, but God's grace is super abounding. God's grace is greater. Amen. God's grace is greater. It super abounds where people are, are sinning and sinning. God's wonderful grace rules instead. In verse 21, it says, So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead of giving... God's grace rules instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Meditate on these verses. Yes, what's going on in the culture is real. What's going on in our world around us, what's going on across the globe is very real, but there's a grace that's far greater. And you are living under a government, under an administration of grace. You have that availability to tap into the grace of God, and by the grace of God, you can overcome every situation that comes your way. And, and, and in this administration, it's when I'm going to close with these statements. This new administration, remember, under the old covenants, the law of Moses, under the new covenants, we're under the grace of God. We're under the grace of God. Under the grace of God, Jesus made four statements. Four statements. I'm going to close with this. And you'll find them in the Gospel of John. And I'm just sharing this with you again to stimulate your thinking and say, okay, we are under a new administration. We are under grace. I don't need to be bogged down by all this legalistic jargon stuff that's going on. Number one, it's found in John 13 and 34. Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. And that was that we're to love God and to love one another. In John chapter 14, it's the second one. He said, I'm going to give you a new advocate, meaning he's giving us the Holy Spirit giving us the Holy Spirit to lead us, guide us, and direct us. We sang that song, inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives and, and to lead us and, and to guide us. Number three is found in John chapter 15, verse 14 and 15. It's a new relationship. We're in a new relationship with God. He's no longer referring to us as slaves or servants. He now calls us friend. Friend, we read earlier in Matthew chapter 11 from Eugene Peterson. He says, walk with me, work with me. See the rhythm in that, the cadence? Walking, working, learning, watching. Walk with me. He says, I'm calling you friends. Friends 
communicate among one another. Friends, don't keep secrets from one another. Jesus is anxious to show you and to reveal you God's will for your, for your life through the person of the Holy Spirit because you are a friend of God. You are a friend of God. He wants to grace you like you have never experienced to this moment. There's a grace. And then in John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24, I refer to this as a new authority. A new authority. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly. I speak Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus. This, I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name, the name of Jesus. You haven't done this before. You haven't done this before. Under the old covenant, you didn't do that. But under this new covenant, under the dispensation of the grace of God, you now have access to the very throne of God's grace, to the very throne of God. You have access by using the name. And when you ask using the name of Jesus, you will receive and you will have just a little bit of joy. Huh? An abundance of joy. An abundance of joy. So that's a quick introduction to what we're talking about. We're talking about the rhythm uh, the rhythms of God's grace. And I have to, when I'm talking about rhythm, I need to keep it with grace because I am, am absolutely no authority to talk to you about the rhythm of music. I have none. <laughs> I can't even clap on beat unless someone's leading me up here. It's like, <laughs> I'll get off real quickly, so don't be following me, all right? So anyway, thank God for the rhythms of grace. Are you in agreement that we all can grow in it? That's what God wants us to do, to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But the good news is that sin no longer, strongholds no longer have dominion over you because you're not under law. You're under the grace of God. And by the grace of God, you have the victory in Jesus' name. By the grace of God, we have the gift of eternal life. So I'm going to ask you just for a moment, just, if you just close your eyes for a moment and Perhaps you're with us here in the auditorium today or you're watching us online. And if you haven't ever received the gift of God's grace in, the, in what we call in the born-again experience, in becoming a Christian, it's, it's, it's a grace gift from God. The scripture teaches us that we are saved by grace through faith in him. And so it's a grace gift. You don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. We weren't worthy of it. But God so loved us that he gave his son Jesus to die for us. Even while we were yet sinners, he sacrificed his life for ours that we would be forgiven and that we would receive the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life. And before we pass on into eternity, while we're here on the earth, we have the empowerment of the grace of God. So if you never received that, I want to ask you just to open up your heart right now and, and receive him into your life. Let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father... I thank you this morning for Jesus. I speak Jesus over my life. I call Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior, the forgiver of all my sin. This day, I receive the grace gift of God, eternal life. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, Name above every other name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.